Today on a belated Sunday sit-down, J-Lo and I once again uh, recapping another seven days in sport. Uh, no doubt we will talk about our AFL fantasy teams. We are into the finals in the AFL fantasy world. The real AFL season's nearly into the finals as well, and there's plenty of uh, ladder movement going on, so no doubt we'll talk a lot about the footy. A bit of a dry spell in the rest of the sporting world, basketball and the NFL off-season. NFL's starting to pick up, training camp's underway. I'll probably be doing a training camp article, just recapping the major news from the first week or so. Um, and NBA, like I said, is a bit dire from big headlines at the moment, but I've got a few things uh, in the works. I'm going to try and, by the end of this week, pump out a big off-season uh, tracker with every team's moves and maybe even throw in there a bit of the uh, depth chart. So with that in mind, let's dive into today's sit-down. Thank you for tuning in to the channel once again. It is Fry sitting down with JLo this time on a Monday. I'm sure there'll be one month where we don't have any interruptions and we're able to just get four straight Sundays, but Surely yeah, not. shit keeps uh, getting in the way. Life happens. Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, but yes, we're back Monday evening, uh, Tarana time. How are you uh, on this Monday evening, pal? I'm good, mate. Gearing up for another big night of night shift. <laughs> no. There isn't too many of them left on the horizon, is there? You've no. probably got oh, clutching a couple of weeks. Pick, yeah, a couple of weeks. But so, hopefully, we can uh, stay on track and get these sit downs <laughs> on the Sundays. But yeah, spare a thought for old JLo, everyone uh, out there listening, wherever you are in the world. But sign, sign up for the Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. We're not here to talk about uh, night shift. We're here to talk about sport. Uh, let's start with the thing that we both probably want to talk about the most, and that's our AFL Dream Teams. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Maya Moore winning the MVP, or whatever <laughs> it was, the second MVP. No. No, we'll, no. we'll get onto that later. No. Yeah, congrats, uh, Maya Moore, but I don't think it was the... Uh, I, don't, I don't even really want to keep going with this train of thought, <laughs> so let's just... No. My AFL Fantasy team had its best performance of the season, uh, quite happily, although... <laughs> I was talking about this on my wrap-up. I was having a look and I was like, oh, it would have been nice if this had happened and maybe I could have done this. And I was like, Fry, you scored over 23.50. Don't get fucking greedy. Mm. I was like, oh, Shuey being a laid out held me back from 2-4 and Dangerfield's shit score really didn't help. But yeah, Lockie Neal was on... Uh, not Lockie Neal, sorry. Mikey Walters was on 9 at halftime and he got his way to 68. So... There were some things that went according to plan. Take the small wins when, yeah, you, when you're only scoring 2,367. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Um, yeah, there was a few like glaring shitty scores, but um, overall I think I counted only had like six dudes under 90 or yeah. something like that. So yeah, finally my team pieced it together. I didn't move up a ton in rank, but that's because teams have scored... You know, 20, was a pretty, 20 weeks worth of points. So we also seemed like quite a wet week yeah, in terms of scoring. It was. Like, the last few have been pretty wet. It's, yeah. Everyone's starting to hit their strides. Well, everyone the sort of has a full, year. Yeah, everyone sort of has a full team as well. Mm, like that's your, I'm just looking at yours now, and it's pretty much finished off. There's maybe one or two spots, but yeah, you know, mine's in a similar spot. Probably two players behind you, as you'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, like I scored well, well, two players worse probably. Probably, yeah. Realistically, or two I, premium like 
averages off. Yeah, that's yeah, about right. yeah. But everyone was was solid. Obviously, I had a few of my my lower end players that you just don't have scoring low. But yeah, um, yeah, wasn't too unhappy across the board. Got some money to play with this week. Big you don't have uh, Michael Hurley, do you? Nah, I had Buddy though. Yeah. So that that battle didn't work out very yeah, well. Yeah, they both uh, kind of screwed a lot of coaches over the weekend. Rory Laird as well. He's uh, he only scored a seventy. Yeah, um, and like I was having a real look at the numbers because in my weekly wrap up, I've started looking at the biggest quarter and the biggest half mm-hmm. from a fantasy player of each week, and I was like, oh, I wonder like where it went wrong with Laird. He only had like one touch in the last ten minutes of the game. Yeah, no good. Like games on the line, season pretty much on the line for the Crows, and. Well, he'd, he'd, you'd say he's probably in their top three best players, top it, five at he, least. Well, yeah, top five. So I think top his five. fantasy score overrates his actual Sure, ability, but, but yeah, like the top five player in their team can't even get his hands on the pill. I can't actually remember much of the Adelaide game. That was Who the one against like, the Ds. Maybe, oh, I don't they think went down, it. didn't they? Just went down? Yeah. yeah the, in his defence, the ball probably wasn't down there a whole lot. Sure. Um, it felt like it was in the Adelaide forward line. For yeah, most of he does seem to shoot up and play a bit of that mid role. But yeah, yeah, anyway, he was he faltered a bit, which was annoying. Um, mm. Steph Martin's probably one who's right on the chopping block. A lot of people will do the popular Grundy um, upgrade this week, I reckon. And if I didn't have to get rid of Michael Walters, I'd probably be doing the same thing. Mm. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one, Martin. You wonder what's happened the last few weeks. If he's copped a knock or something, it's it's hard to tell because his yeah. production has gone down. He's only but the team's playing better. He's only me. averaging ninety five in his last five. Yeah. So, yeah, all the numbers indicate that he should still be scoring well, but his time on ground's down slightly, but not enough for it to you know raise too many concerns. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully he can. Uh, maybe he is a bit injured. Maybe, maybe that's what's going on. I'm having a look though. He's got like Goldstein, Grundy, Wits, and mm. whoever you boys decide to ruck with yeah. um, to end the year. So yeah, he doesn't have a. Yeah, I don't know. I I wish I could get rid of him this week to get Grundy because I'm just looking at Grundy's big numbers. But yeah, Gr- Grundy's Grundy's a big reach too at this point. He surely. is. It costs you over a hundred grand. To yeah. About hundred and forty, I think, to go Steph to Grundy. So he's not cheap. Not yeah, cheap for too many too many holes. I need to plug first before I look at Steph Martin. Like I've got a yeah. lot. I got a few forward line and backline spots. Yeah, there's a few up. other things I'd like. Even though Paul Lahern is technically the only rookie on my field, I think probably I, don't need to touch him. No, I don't think I will. But breaks. I think Lockie Neal might. You know, him to Cripper or someone next yeah. week might be a play. Yeah, I, I've been looking at Neil for the last few weeks, but honestly, he's had a hundred two or three weeks. Yeah, that's row. true. It'll be very interesting to see how he goes against you boys this week because um, he always plays well. In yeah, he chopped up last time, and that was the game where I was like, he's going to start doing this for the rest of the year, like bigger scores, oh, really? like yeah. bigger scores like this. I called it though. I'm happy with it. You can go back and check uh, tweets from I'm pulling a date out of my ass here, the twentieth of April. And you'll see that I said Lockie Neal will drop a 130 against the Eagles in the first derby. Sure enough, he did. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, good on you, mate. What are your... <laughs> good on you, mate. What are your fantasy trades looking like this week, uh, Al? It's going to be an up... Oh, actually, that's a good question. I know... I'm thinking as it stands, it's going to be Devin Smith and a rookie in. Okay. Into my forward line. I think it was Rioli and... Stick with me. Someone else out. I can't remember. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, so Devin Smith in, and then, uh, yeah, we'll just see what happens with, with whoever else. I was thinking green from the dogs, but I'll probably 
I would love to go on a true debutant if I uh-huh. if I can. Nate Freeman's probably the one. Yeah, hope he gets in that in. line. Um, yep. I think he's the most traded in player at the moment. A lot mm. of people are preempting that. Um, I remember exactly the same thing happened last year, or maybe it was the year before, but everyone traded him in, hoping he'd make his mm. debut, and the poor bastards still didn't. Um, yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely one to wait for the full selections yeah. before I go. I think in I'm in the same boat. I'll be doing an up down. Um, and my up is Walters to McRae, which is pretty nice. That rounds out my midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the down will probably be Giro gone for, again, a cheap debutante or someone who's low. I'm, if Pat Wilson from the Crows is named, mm-hmm. um, I might just pounce on him because he's averaging, like, 130 in the reserves, mind you, for his last, like, month, dream yeah. team-wise. Okay. Like, getting a ton of the footy. And if their year starts to go down the toilet, the Crows, that is... Um, they might just decide to get a few more games into him and some other younger kids and stuff like that. Probably something to look for in the next few weeks, honestly. It's those teams who are truly out of it Pack now. Shop. Yeah, like even all the Dons are still in it. But like Frio is a good example, although they've mm. had kids all year. True. But like like you said with the Crows and a few, those amazing. few teams left who, who will drop out, although it's probably going to stay tight till the last... Yeah. Last week, the way it's gone in the AFL at the moment. I am planning on releasing a AFL finals, like, fantasy, what do you call it, guide, I guess. Yeah. Um, probably Wednesday, Thursday. Probably, let me get this right, Thursday evening, maybe Thursday morning, um, Australia time. So, yeah, that'll probably, I'm going to try and tackle a few of the things like that, like which teams might just pack up shop if they lose this week or the next two weeks or... Mm-hmm. What players could go in for end-of-season surgeries? I'll try and touch on a few of those things. I mean, half of it's a bit of a guessing game because you don't really know, especially after how some of the results have fallen this year, you don't really know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I'll try my best to uh, fire one of those big um, finals fantasy guides out. Um, Let's transition into proper footy rather than uh, fantasy footy, just quickly. Not a great week for both of us, I think. Between our two teams, we combined to lose by about 20 goals. Uh, Doc has probably contributed for about 15 of that. Yeah. But any uh, takeaways from the North Eagles game or just a bit of a wasn't our day, move on to the next one? It wasn't our day. I, I was looking... This is more about North than anything. I was mm. looking at who played well for North and I was just like, they have no one. Like, they're midfield with Cunnington and Higgins. That's all they had. Yeah. Just destroyed ours, which was a bit of a... Bit of a worry. It feels like you, we need a bit Dom Sheed to step back up. Yeah. Shuey out is a big out, but he's been out. He was out for a part of that 10-game win streak. So I'm like, what's changed? I can't quite put my finger on it, but there was no genuine ball winner yeah. um, for us, whereas like a Hearn was, the, funnily enough, the bloke who was doing it for them. And then Cunnington was filling the gaff role, just running on the outside. So yeah, right. you can even, now you think of it, it's exactly kind of what they did. So. Yeah, you think the Eagles, Shuey is probably the one. I was trying to think as you were saying it, who is that like big bullocking, yeah, ball winning yeah. midfielder? Sheed could be, and like he, he was a bit he, early in the year and last year, but yeah. he's just fallen off. Big contested ball. I don't know what's happened. Yeah. Imagine if you could just, I don't know why I thought of this, but plonk Paddy Cripps right into your midfield. Well, yeah, he'd be, be perfect. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, geez. that's the. Sure. Uh, no, and I'm just saying that's probably. Well, yeah, the best, the, the one thing that you need. Like, that would just round out your team perfectly. Yeah, I think, and that's, well, luckily we've had Pritis doing it for the last few years. Good so, point. Like, we haven't needed a big, not that he's bullocking, but at least he's, well, he was one of the best in inside under. players ever, okay. you know. 
Um, so yeah, we're probably missing him a bit, and like I guess Nata Nui was making up for it. But True, he's a bit of a presence around the yeah, ground. Yeah, so maybe now that plus the inside mid is missing, that yeah. might be a problem for the next few weeks. But um, yeah, I think it's with the two big dogs out. I think it's not so much of a worry. No, and North not. is North is just that sort of team who we're never going to play well against. Height, we're a high kicking team. You know, they sort of chew us, or chew us from the inside out. It's a weird way to say that. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Good on you, mate. Yeah. yeah, North are a bit of a... You don't really know what you're going to get each week with them. Yeah. Well, like, I tip them to win the spoon, as I've said numerous times. Yeah, and they, like, and they, last week, they got flogged by the Pies, and then this week, we got beaten by yeah. them. We beat the Pies. Anyway, yeah. Hey, they're just kind of... Still just um, illustrates how close this year is, and just... You know how wide open still, twenty or eighteen games into the season that the uh, the race for the top eight is. You know, there's people bouncing around all over the place. Yeah. Um, just before we started recording the pod, I released an article just about some of the teams who I think are pretenders um, and who are the teams that I really think can compete for the flag. So before I uh, reveal my answers, you can read that at sportsbyfriday.com, by the way. Um, we've talked about this a few times, but how many teams do you genuinely think? And this is best case scenario. So this isn't, oh, right now I think there's only two teams. But like of the teams, of the 18 teams in the comp, how many do you think if things fall their way, um, could they realistically reel off a flag? You know, uh, you look at someone like North, who's 10th, even if they do win and they finish 6th and then they win their first final, like, surely they can't then keep going on. Well, you can't really win the, the flag from outside the f- top four, even though the dogs did it. Like, yeah, that's, it just makes it... It's such a tough ask. Isn't that, like, once, like, ever or something? Like, Yeah, I think there's... I think the Crows... One of the Crows years they oh, did okay. it as well. But they did it from, like, 5th, and that was... Fourth and fifth battle on percentage. Yeah, so really. Yeah. yeah. Look, so I, I, you have to finish in the top four. So realistically, there's maybe f- six teams. Like Melbourne is probably the last team I could see making the top four mm-hmm. of those. I, I think it's probably going to be Richmond, West Coast. Mm, yeah, who's third? That's maybe the, that's the big one. I, I, what I do you think on the that? Giants. Okay. To be honest, I don't, I don't love Port, even though I love their home ground advantage. I picked Port. I had a bit of a look through the numbers. They've actually got like nearly the second most wins interstate. Now, yeah. that probably is part of the fact that every second week they're interstate. But, yeah. you know, you've got you to win them on the road. And they're, yep. they're sitting at a pretty solid spot. Um, and before the season even kicked off, I said that they uh, a team to watch and that if things fall right, they'll finish in the top four. So yeah. I'm glad I'm on record with that one. The no, Giants, I just, I don't, you so know how I feel about the Giants. Yeah, so. you, you don't like their, their lack of depth and sort of... But I just think that that engine room is enough to beat anyone. True. You know? um, it's pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, the Giants... Uh, Port, for me, I don't just don't trust their, their forward line. I never have. I don't know why. Like, Dixon and... Like, Westhoff's nice, but yeah. Dixon and Westhoff... Ever are, since Treadray, they haven't had a traditional, like, key forward. Yeah. Know, they've had dudes like... Schultz and I'm trying to think there's probably a few other blokes who maybe through. yeah one other guy went down there maybe. yeah but you know like if those dudes are like 40 goals a year type yeah, of players yeah. they haven't really had like a oh this guy's a Coleman threat so yeah. I can see why you don't believe in that forward line I mean Robbie yeah. Gray's probably their best goal kicking yeah forward. he is yeah for sure um, yeah much to the uh, dismay of AFL fantasy coaches. I know, yeah, that's really hurt us. But yeah, yeah I think that it's probably Richmond West Coast, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I said six as well. I said that Richmond, the Coasters and Port are in a bit of a class of their own. Mm-hmm. And then behind that, the next three I had were Sydney, the Cats 
and Collingwood, even though... Really? Yeah. Okay. Even though technically Geelong and Sydney are below Hawthorne and Melbourne on the ladder, it's only by percentage, and it's, in Geelong's case, not by much. Um, and I just have faith in those outfits based on... Um, I like Geelong. Where am I going? What am I trying to say with this? Based on like their past performances and their yeah. culture and their club history and that. And Collingwood's... Even if shit hits the fan, like they look really good against Richmond and they've been fucked by injuries. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse my French. But yeah, it's, they've been dealt a really brutal hand. I don't think they can win it. I, like I said, I've got them in the second tier, like mm. in a realistic scenario. Richmond don't have a really good tagger either, do they? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Although it seems like half the teams are using taggers at the moment and half aren't. It's yeah. a bit of a weird uh, time for the AFL tag. But... I like it. I think mean, it. In, intrigue. Yeah, some people bit. think it's swear by it, some people don't like it. It I makes it very interesting come yeah. AFL fantasy each I week. You're like, oh, do I trade in this bloke because he's going up against this team? Oh, no, I've got no tagger. You can't, you know? Yeah, yeah it does, I, does play I in those awesome. I, I really enjoy the, the culture of the tag or the nature of the tag at mm. the moment, especially because we've got a good one for once. Speaking of uh, tags, I did write an article last week about Le'Veon Bell, who this year will play on a franchise tag for the Steelers. Um, he'll get paid, I think, about $14.5 million, um, but he's chasing a payday of about $17 mil a year. Uh, Todd Gurley just got extended, who's probably... Oh, I think he won the rushing title last year. He's the Rams uh, running back. He got a massive contract extension, so those two guys uh, dictate a little bit of the early talk for training camps. Have you decided which NFL team you're with? Houston. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yes, picked them years ago because I like the logo the best. Yeah, okay. The logo was cool. So I picked them and I'll just stick with them. I'm in the same boat with the Panthers as I wear my Cam Newton jersey recording this podcast. Um, Big Panthers fan. Well, you kind of switched over from the Browns. I did a bit. By default, when I started following the NBA, I switched to all the Cleveland teams. But yeah, a couple of years ago, I remember I picked my, uh, my guys in the four and yeah, I got the Panthers, so... We'll have to uh, talk a little bit each week about the Panthers and the Texans and the other notable headlines. But like I said, training camp just started. So. How's JJ Watt looking back f- back from his injury? Uh, to be honest, I haven't done a ton of reading into him. I've been reading a lot about Andrew Luck, actually. Okay. Yeah, who, which makes sense. Um, he says he feels amazing and has been battled shoulder injuries for the last like two years. So be very interesting, or maybe eighteen months. Be very interesting to see how he goes. Um, by all reports, JJ Watt's back to full strength. Yeah, I, I saw him posting on his Instagram mm. saying how good he feels. I but... think Deshaun Watson is the big one for you guys because with or without JJ Watt, if you've got Deshaun Watson healthy, mm. then yeah, things are looking awesome. For those that don't know, that's the uh, second-year quarterback who did his ACL, I think it was week six last year. Mm. And in week five, the week before it, he had an amazing game against Russell Wilson. Mm. That was arguably my favourite game of the year. So, yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, NFL stuff as more stuff comes out through training camp. But just quickly before we wrap up, talk a little bit about the uh, NBA news from the last week. So the big story, I guess, we all knew Melo was going to the Rockets. Mm. That wasn't a surprise. But Clint Capella's staying a Rocket as well. Yeah, I um, guess I guess we saw that one coming too. It was just a matter of time. Like it looked shaky, but surely the Rockets, after losing the other, the, the two small forwards, yeah. I forget who the second one. Ariza was. and Embaramute. Embaramute. Uh, I think he's such a, a loss. For I them. think both of them are huge losses. Ariza, he's a bit over the hill, but 
Well, no, I th- he was I, good I defensively. I agree. I think he probably would have been their starter again. But yeah, Embarra Mute, Mute, I think, was the big one for them. Yeah. But yeah, Capella staying there is no huge surprise. It's just they would just been a bit stout. I think. Someone said something yeah interesting about restricted free agency. I think it was on Bill Simmons's podcast that I heard it. Um, they were saying that Capella's going to be playing angry this year, and they were like, "Why should he be angry? That's just how restricted free agency works." Yeah. Houston would be like, all right, here's our best offer. He's like, I think I can go get more. And they're like, all right, well, fucking knock yourself out. Yeah, we'll and he came back and he's like, I can't. And like, well, right, well, we're reducing our offer. Yeah. And then he gets pissed. Like, yeah. it's just business. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I think that's something that I've kind of thought a little bit about this year is just that the nature of the business of basketball mm. for some of the contracts and stuff. So, yeah, I'm happy to see Capella go back to the Rockets. I think that, God, imagine what kind of shambles they would have been in if they had have lost him from a defensive standpoint anyway. Yeah, that would have been major. Like, it's... They're so fragile anyway. Yeah. And obviously their play style doesn't really need defence. True. Um, it's that, funny that you don't really look at the, the Warriors for being a bad defensive team. Although, like, I'm sure the points and defensive points allowed would be similar because of the play styles. You know, like... It's, it's interesting. What, what do you mean? Sorry, I've kind of got... A bit lost. So you mean that you'd think that the Golden State would also give up a high point total? Yeah, huge. Yeah. Because of the nature of the way they play, but you're just like, oh, actually, they're a good defensive I think from like unit. from efficiency standpoint, when you look at it, they're one of the really good teams. But you're yeah. right. that you know If you're jacking up, I don't know, a dozen more shots a game than yeah. any other team, then yeah. No, that means the other team's going to get a dozen shots too. So Yeah. But they, you're right. Uh, Capella's just an anchor for them. Like, especially with crappy perimeter defenders now, mellow and... Fucking James Harden, like they're gonna be, God. they're gonna be battling. I think Capella's gonna have and his a work. Old Chris Paul, like plays himself into form each season. Only yeah, played fifty good. games last year. Yeah, they um. You almost just like Chris, just sit the first twenty and then give us your fifty into the playoffs instead of you know like building yeah, momentum, need... getting injured, then coming back and injured, then it's too yeah. Disjointed. But you, what what happens if you miss the first twenty and then? Another twenty in, then he gets hurt. Well, you know, it's, you know like it. Of course, I'm not saying actually do it, but it's not a the terrible way idea. The whole fucking plays like just give him the first fifteen. <laughs> Mate, don't play before the All Star break. Well, just become a cheerleader. Might as well. Give you, he'd probably be fine. He's like, yeah, my body would love. Yeah, I feel fucked anyway. I'm pretty good with it. Yeah. yeah, I wake up fucked in the morning. I'm thirty. You know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is Chris Paul. 30, Surely he's 32, old. 32, 30. Yeah. But he's about the same age as LeBron. Because I'm just saying the extra year in college. Yeah, I'm just wondering because surely there's that magic, I don't know what it is, but there's a magic number around that early 30s mark where point guards start to drop off a little bit, right? I just can't. It kind of happens traditionally. back to all point guards. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, there's some, yeah, 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 some older dudes who like their game suits. Um, but the star point guards do yeah, drop off. They all, yeah, all kind of slide That's interesting. I've never really thought about that. We'll see what happens with Russell. Mm. Yeah, God, that'll be an interesting one for mm. sure. Um, he, I feel like he's a mini LeBron in terms he'll just stay healthy for a long time. Because his body... Look, you just look at that bloke and you're like, fuck, he's, he's in great shape. He's like, in great shape. Like, I just feel like those sort of guys like take the hits a bit better, you know, yeah. like LeBron. Anyway. Yeah, there's players like that and then there's other dudes who are built a bit like glass... Uh, kind of like Kevin Love, probably a bit harsh, but he has missed quite a bit of time. Yeah, uh, just the last few injuries. years, like noses and cheeks and yeah. shoulders, and like no like knees or fucking. <laughs> no, you're right. No shit. big injuries. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
In speaking about Kevin Love, I am uh, happy that he's on the Cavaliers and he's going to be staying on the Cavaliers. Last week signed a four-year extension. 30 a year? I think, yeah. So from what I understand is it's, yeah, four years and 120 and it's potentially 155 for five. I don't quite understand how it qualifies for the fifth year though, but... This is a weird move for Cleveland. It's a bit of a, let's try and spin some positivity and make yeah. something happen this off-season because, yeah, it's been a bit of a bleak, uh, what's the, six weeks since I think, the finals finished. I think a lot, like, um, a lot like the Raptors at the moment, you've got to be careful in your rebuild. Like, you have to be tactical because if you take a fan base who's been on this four-year high, yeah. like winning all these games and then you go pull the rug, and then there's there's just no wins. You're like, nah, sorry guys, you've got a rough four years ahead of you. Yeah, they just fall off. Like, there's no loyalty there from the fans. I think it's a yeah. it's honestly a tactical GM move. Like, same as Ka- Kawhi will walk, and then Ka- Kyle Lowry will bottom out in a year or two. And same with the Cavs. I think Kevin yeah, Love will probably get traded. In I was two just going to say it's, it's a tradable. It contract. is especially the projected jump of the salary cap over yeah. the next. I think next year it's due for a pretty noticeable one, but yeah. even the next two or three. Is that backloaded his contract? No, I think it's thirty flat pretty each flat. year. Yeah, that's um, pretty, that's exactly why they've done that. Which is yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and look, to be honest, I yeah, like I said, it is a weird move, but if is if that is the play, then so be it. Either way, I think I've always said that I would prefer Kevin Love to stay on the roster. Um, bottoming out to try and rebuild as quickly as possible is always the play. Um, but sometimes mm. it's not. Well, I think I just completely contradicted myself. But yeah, every circumstance is different, and I I think you made a really good point there, just about how quickly you do bottom out. Yeah, you can't just go a hundred to nothing, like yeah. because it's it's that's jarring. Well, that's what happened to us last time when LeBron yeah. left, and yeah, God, that was fucking brutal. Yeah, exactly. Like the fan interest would have just been, you know, except the one LeBron return. It's so weird, actually. Now that I think about it. That was when I like doubled down and was like, fuck, I love the Cavs and like watched so yeah. much more of Kyrie. And... Well, it will steal some people. I would be the same, but it, like you got to think about oh, the I'm... casual, the ticket buying. We don't even go to the games here and we live yeah. like literally above the Air Canada Centre. Yeah. So from that point of view, like the, the people who are going to buy tickets, they're just randoms. They're blow-ins most of the time. You're right. go for the whichever team. But I also just mentioned before we move on about Kevin Love. Feels like it's probably better for a rookie to come into a team that's not just absolutely all over the yeah. shop. Because you feel like it might give them a bit of that weird uh, Kyrie Irving, like, I'm the man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if some other guy comes Colin in. Sexton does seem like the type of dude that that would go to his <laughs> head pretty quickly yeah. too. So I think it's it's probably better for him to come in. And even like if they trade love for the next rookie, then they've had Colin seen that decent culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, anyway. Yeah, it's not a terrible move. Apparently, just before we move on from the Cavs, um, Rodney Hood is willing to take like a short-term deal of sorts, but oh, doesn't, yeah. doesn't want one from the Cavs <laughs> or oh, something like that. Like, oh, wow. I was reading it and it was basically not good news for Cleveland. But oh, well, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, the whole, was, the next, he was disappointing. Yeah, anyway. The next two or three years... The roster's going to go through all sorts of weird changes and flux, so... It feels like, as a Cavs fan, you should just prepare for... for to be like, oh, why did we make that move? Or what? And it's not because they're trying to make good moves that just look stupid. It's because they're trying to get worse, but tactically, I feel like, you know... Well, that's what we think, but not all uh, GMs and owners are as smart as us, so who, <laughs> yeah, who well, fucking knows? So... Dan Gilbert has somehow managed to let That the... Kobe guy seems all right. 
Yeah. Dan Gilbert has managed to somehow let the second best player, I'm calling it, maybe third, best player in NBA history uh, leave his team twice. So It's a good point. It's, good, it's worth something. Yeah. Um, you doing? There's, the, the Players Association has kind of butchered the NBA a bit in that yeah. sense. Like, there's so much power on the players' side. That is a good point. Yeah. yeah. We've said that before. Um, before we go, just before uh, we finish off the Sunday slash Monday sit-down, a um, couple of interesting NBA uh, questions. Actually, we'll stick with one for this episode. Might do a few more next one. But just something to generate a little bit of buzz in the dead off-season. Which NBA coach do you think is potentially on the hot seat? Now, this kind of rules out a lot of coaches because there, there was like seven or eight hirings this mm. off-season. So... Guys like, you know, JB Bickerstaff, who technically got hired halfway through last season because he was the intern. Yeah. That doesn't really count. But yeah. So that rules out about a third of the league, but mm-hmm. there's still some interesting names uh, who, yeah, could, potentially could get chopped. So who do you think approaching season 2018-19 is the one or maybe two coaches who need to start looking over their shoulder immediately? Um, yeah, there's a couple. There's Mike Malone on the Nuggets. If he <laughs> doesn't make the f- playoffs, he's he'll be definitely gone. Yeah. Um, so he's got to be careful in that sense. Um, in the more short term, I would say, honestly, Thibodeau could be okay. in trouble early. If yeah. they go like 10 and 10 or something weird, or even, well, who knows. But um, yeah, if they're looking middle of the pack in the stacked west and he's being weird and Jimmy's still talking about leaving then I think it's a little bit worrying yeah. um, you wonder if Jimmy Butler likes or doesn't like Thibodeau it's it's strange it's yeah I don't really game. understand the whole Butler Tibbs yeah. Minnesota vibe at the moment there's yeah. a lot of interesting things happening in that organisation I think um, I think Kenny Atkinson mm. on the, the net probably has to be a little bit careful because yeah, okay. they've been pretty liberal with him they've sort of said we understand. That's fair. Yep, um, absolutely. Is it, I think it'd be season three for him now. Something like that. Or maybe four. Two and a half, maybe, yeah. or something. Um, I reckon he's just got to be... A, he just has to show the right signs. Um, yeah, growth. And that doesn't necessarily mean wins, but yeah, yeah I think growth. Yeah, those there. are probably the few that pop out. Just having a look now, Hoiberg and Gentry have to be careful. Um, yeah, still haven't mentioned my one. Uh, in Ty Lue, who knows, yeah. yeah. The bloke that I think will, as well. will get fired if uh, they start bad is Billy Donovan. Because now, yeah. with no mellow, everyone's like, oh, actually, are the Thunder the second best team in the West? Because yeah. Houston didn't get better. They got yeah. worse. Yeah. Who else was there? Utah, they didn't really do anything to get super better. They'll be naturally better if they get a full year out of everyone. Portland didn't get better. Don Mitchell improves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Portland didn't. No, yeah, they sudden, might be. The Thunder might be the second best team in the. Might be Denver. Yeah, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. But yeah, I think you know if they go eight and fifteen to yeah. start the year, and Schroeder and Westbrook can't figure out that on ball off ball thing, and Roberson oh, yeah, still looks a bit Schroeder, hurt. Yeah. I think Roberson's meant to be good um, for training camp. He did his knee halfway through the year. Oh, remember, surely, sh- when can they trade Schroeder? Surely that goes down, right? I've totally forgotten. Nah, I reckon they'll keep Schroeder. Absolutely. Schroeder will be, Schroeder's now like the best backup point guard in the league if you have him in that role, I reckon. Yeah, I just don't, yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, and I in, think, I think though, he's an asset in their minds. That's what it feels like. Yeah, maybe you're could right. be, but yeah, a, a lot of people, like I don't, I don't see them trading him straight away. I think he's offers a lot of upside to 
be a contributor. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, and remember back, like way back, when they played or tried to play Reggie, Reggie Jackson yeah. and Westbrook together. Yeah, there were times when that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It didn't feel like. It well, there worked. were times when that worked, like where Reggie scored, like you know, big, had a big playoff game, or you know, scored thirty or something like that. Schroeder can just be that guy that you know wins you a playoff game and maybe yeah does we'll some see. stuff. I just feel like there's too much. There's areas they need to bump up more. I totally agree. But I, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you've got an MVP who would you at a position you trade for another starter. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Look, I think <laughs> if it wasn't Westbrook, it might last uh, a bit more off ball. But yeah, it'll be interesting to is, see how that works. Is there a college coach who you think? Well, and it's going to be tough mid mid season potentially, but. Got plugging into the OKC Thunder. Is there a college coach that jumps to mind? The way Stevens has trans- transferred from Butler to Boston. So is it just for the Thunder or yeah, into the NBA? For the Thunder. Oh, I don't know. I'd be clutching at straws. A lot of the guys who were rumoured to be joining or like oh, yeah. gunning for NBA jobs, like Michigan coach, yeah. um, Villanova's head coach was mentioned, Jay Wright was mentioned briefly, mm. but that was just after he won the chip. Um, a lot of those dudes... Like kind of flamed out as potential head coaching candidates. Yeah. A lot of them went back, so I don't think because the job is better. Yeah, it is <laughs> way better. Well, you think about it, the college coach is the star of the team because yeah. the roster change changes over hundred percent. Uh, you know, almost eighty five percent of players. A, if you stay there for twenty years, you'll get a gym named after you, and you you know you're earning a million dollars, couple of million dollars a year to coach what like. 40 games. Yeah, you're like, the one on the TV. Like, you don't have to travel as much. Yeah. Like, you probably get to just teach a course on campus for some reason. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, that'd be the bomb job. Yeah. Wouldn't be a terrible job. Mm. All right. That wraps up the Sunday slash Monday sit down. Um, before we go, though, we have to give out a couple of birthday shout outs. Um, I'm going to start with a big one. I'm halfway. Actually, I think I'm two thirds of the way through his audio book. Uh, so, shout out to Arnie. Who turns from memory seventy one today? He's getting that, he's getting on. Still big birthday, pretty big. Still yeah, he big does. Yeah, he must, does. He's a big man. Daily, sure. Speaking of big men, Terry Crews oh, also yeah. celebrates his birthday today. Ex and ex athlete too. Pretty so sure he's fifty on the button. Uh, okay. Cruz, so That's good. happy birthday to Terry. Uh, Simon Baker, famous Aussie. Oh yeah, he's the a mentalist. Yeah. Do you ever watch much of the Mentalist Never when you were younger? One episode. Uh, I I got into heaps of those like crime type shows. So what was occasional. Uh, Mentalist viewing, but Channel 7 dictated a lot of my uh, viewership, not Channel 9. Right, yeah. Just in case anyone was wondering. Um, happy birthday to Phoebe, aka Lisa, Lisa Kudrow. Yep. Yeah, from Friends. And last but certainly not least, uh, Christopher Nolan, who has been responsible for some of the greatest movies uh, in my life to date. Interstellar is right up there as one of my favourite movies of all time. Yeah, and I think Batman goes without saying. So, yeah. Inception, happy birthday to Nolan. Yeah. Dunkirk as well. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of Dunkirk, but it I watched good, it sleep-deprived on a plane, so yeah. what do you expect? From a, from a cinematic perspective, yeah. like, you felt like you were there, which is, True. I think, what he was trying to do. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that is it. Thank you for joining, JLo. No worries. Uh, thank you for tuning in, fans. Make sure you leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, though, peace. <laughs>